0: Hey, this is Dino, and I'm the pastor of Revolution Church. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope this message is encouraging to you and will help you to discover God's unchanging love. For more information, visit our website at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning, Revolution Church. So glad you're joining us today. Hey, in this community, if you're new with us particularly, we are just on a journey here at Revolution where we are Discovering God's unchanging love. Maybe you never heard that, but this is our vision here at this ministry. You know, and and one of the reasons why you know, we say that almost every single week when we come in here, because we want everyone to know. We change, our love changes, our love gets hot, our love gets cold, but God's love for you will never change. And when I when I put God's word with God's love and I realized that both of them never change, it was a game changer for me in my life. And I pray that it's a game changer for you in your life as you really discover God's love for you will never change. So thanks again for joining us today. We're so honored that you would worship with us. You know, we're starting a new series today. And we just finished our series, Sweet Spot. And last week, we talked about um, uh, the role of Gideon and in stepping into the sweet spot, some of the obstacles that sometimes get in the way of us stepping into our sweet spot. And as I started to think about today's series and, and today's sermon, I started thinking about uh, how I'm feeling about where the world is, and maybe how you're feeling about where the world is. And, and I don't know about you, but I, I'm tired. Of all the rhetoric, that's why I'm calling it social fatigue. I'm tired of all of the the opinions. I'm so tired of, of how uh, split people are. And media says this thing, and the church says this thing, and 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 you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Family members are split on issues and, and opinions, and and media and internet and everything just coming at us just constantly. I am tired of it. That's the reason why I'm calling it social fatigue. But here's what I want us to be able to do in this series. As I was thinking about this and I was praying about it, okay, we're tired. So if you're tired, what do you do? Do you just lay down? Do you just do nothing? So I want to flip this series today. I want to flip the next three weeks and I want to call it social fatigue in the sense that, look, as Christians, as believers, I want us to put on some fatigues. I want us to put on some social fatigues, if you will. Okay, you know the, the, the outfits and the fatigues that the military guys wear, right? I think you're gonna find this very interesting, why they actually call it fatigues. Because when the army soldiers wearing camouflage trousers and, and jackets were seen walking around, in the 1770s is where this all started, it meant that they were going to do extra duties as soldiers. And so from the 1770s up until today, that term fatigues just stuck. And so here's what I want us to do. I want you to think about where you are in your life Maybe you're like me. You're just tired of all the rhetoric. You're just tired of all the opinions. You're tired of all of the onslaught of Facebook and Instagram and everybody trying to mold us to their opinions or what they want us to believe. Maybe you're you're tired like I am. I am ready to just throw on my social fatigue and saying enough is enough. And I believe I'm speaking to some people who you're feeling the same way. Enough is enough. You need a clear voice. like I need a clear voice so somebody to come in here and just say, look, let's get off the ground, let's stop paying attention to all of these distractions, let's put on some social fatigues, come on somebody, and let's do something. Over the next three weeks, I want to talk about this. I want us to go on the offense. I am so tired of playing defensive ball with stuff. I never liked playing defense, although I played both ways when I played football. But offense, man, I just loved running with the ball. I love moving the ball down the field. And I just believe this is a time when God is calling all of us believers coast to coast worldwide to say, hey, it's time to stop being tired. It's time to stop being distracted. It's time to start believing, listen, that God is not caught by surprise by anything that we're in right now. And here's the other thing I want you to get to. I really believe this with all of my heart. Listen, I believe God is up to something. I believe God is on the move. We may not be able to sense it. You may not be able to actually see it. But I'm telling you, I know I'm speaking to a contingent of people that believe down in here, deep down on the inside that God is doing something. And I want to tell you, he is. Man, Just prior to this sermon, just prior to teaching this message, I received a miracle. The people here in the studio, they'll tell you because I shared it with them before we get on here. I'm telling you. You can expect real-time miracles in this time right now because God is up to something. But it's going to take some of us to get together, get off the ground and say, "Hey, I want to be used by God. I want to step into the field. I want to I want God to use me." And so here's what I want to challenge us to do over the next 3 weeks, all right? Cuz this whole series is is about this. It's it's about people asking me all the time, "All right, so we're in this situation right now, Pastor Dino. What do I do?" You know, Values are being challenged. Executive orders are coming out that are against my values or or people are unemployed. Gas prices are rising. Sometimes we're going back to school, we're not going back to school. Should I get the vaccine? Should I not get the vaccine? There's all of this pressure. And people ask me all the time, what should I do? What should I do? Here's what I wanna encourage you to do today. All right, you ready for this one? I wanna encourage you over the next three weeks to join me in this quest to become a contagious Christian. Mm, they got a mm mm-hmm by somebody in the studio. I want you to become a contagious Christian. They keep saying COVID-19 is contagious. COVID-19 is contagious. Don't get the COVID. Listen, there is nothing more dangerous and nothing more excited than a contagious Christian. And I want you to ask yourself that question. Am I contagious? Come on, hey. If you're sitting next to somebody, you know, i love to do this. If we were live, I would make you do this. All right. Come on. If you're sitting next to somebody, I want you to nudge them. I want you to hit them wherever you're watching this, even if you're in bed. If you're just watching this laying laying in the bed, don't admit that you're in the bed watching this, first of all. But nudge yourself. Nudge somebody closer and say, hey, are you a contagious believer? All right. That's what I want you to do. All right. So, So I got this thought as I was thinking about this sermon about an experience that that happened to Jeannie and I. It happened to do, uh, it happened at, with one of the homes that we sold. We were living in a, in a a nice house, middle-class house. I mean, nothing like super extraordinary. And, 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 and for us, it was, you know, 20 years ago, it was a blessing. It just, it was just average. And, um, you know, we needed to sell this house and, I gotta tell you something about tenacity and selling house. We showed that house more than 80 times. So we were getting tired, I'm telling you. But God brought the right buyer and it was awesome. And in the conversation went like this in the lobby of my home when I showed the new buyer our house. And so here, here Jeannie and I were, we were just, we had three two little kids at that time, getting ready to move and showing this house to this beautiful couple. All right, nice uh, uh, he was he just uh, started his medical practice and he wanted a home where he could start his family. And so it was great. I'm standing in the lobby of my home, a foyer. And he's looking around. And he's just, you know, excited that he's going to buy this new house. And I'm just showing him around. Jeannie and I were our normal selves, you know, being spirited. And you know how she's feisty all the time. And, and I got to deal with all that feistiness all the time. And the kids are running around. And we were just having fun. And this guy stops me in the middle of all this. Listen, he said, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He said to me, how did you become this successful at such a young age and this happy at such a young age? I was so caught by surprise by this. I wasn't expecting it because I could tell that uh, he, he was an Indian in his persuasion. And I actually think he was moving to the neighborhood because it was close to the temple uh, that was being built in the area. And, and I thought to myself, I have a moment right here. I'm either just going to say, you know, some pie in the sky answer, or I'm going to go for it, okay? I'm going to give you one guess what I did. Come on, somebody. <laughs> He's in my house. There's a whole territory here, man. So you know what? I just told him. I started preaching the gospel of Jesus to him, talking about the goodness of God, the kindness of God, and how the goodness of God can operate in your home and in your marriage and your business in your finances. I just preached now, I didn't lead him into the Lord that day, but I got to tell you something. This is what got my attention, all right? It was something on us, something in that home, something on our marriage, something on our life that drew this man's attention. And I'll tell you what that light was. It was the light of the gospel of Jesus. That light was upon us. It was making us contagious. And I have to tell you something. I wonder what the world would be like today. I wonder what our chaotic situation would be like today if we would just buckle down and say, I am going to become a contagious Christian. Now, you might be listening, but I don't feel like I'm contagious. I feel like I'm contagious in the opposite direction. Then this message is for you, all right? We are going to become contagious believers in the next three weeks. I'm gonna challenge you. I wanna challenge you like I've been challenging myself I believe God is looking for a group of people to stand up and choose a side and be a voice for people who are lost. And I believe you, you and I are part of that group. We're going to stand up and say, listen, we're choosing the side of Jesus. We're choosing the side of righteousness. We're choosing the side of the goodness of God. Come on, you guys. I believe that's what God has for us today. So are you contagious? Are we contagious believers? All right, so. So here's what I want to do. I want to start today by challenging your personal joy level. Where is your joy level at? Because that's where it starts. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord was the mark that early church uh, fathers had. and, And the world saw on the early churches as something's different about those guys. Something's different about that group of people. Is that what people are saying about us? Something's different about you. Something's different about your children. Something's different about your family. That's what I want. And I know that's what you want too. And if you don't want this, come on, then I want you to want this because this is our time. And don't sit there and say, well, I don't know how that can be possible for me. Stay with me for the rest of this message. I'm telling you, I'm going to show you how easy it is to get there. If you just apply some of these principles today, I believe we're going to become the contagious believers. And we're going to get... We're gonna put on our social fatigues, come on. And we're going on the offensive. Anybody going on the offense with me here today, come on. All right, so I wanna ask you this, this question. Now, I'm not talking about happiness, I'm talking about joy. People confuse joy and happiness, but they're two different things. Happiness is something, it's that feeling that we have, and then trouble comes and then it's over, then we're unhappy, or something doesn't happen, uh, something doesn't get delivered, or, or an expectation doesn't get met, and all of a sudden we're not happy anymore. Joy is a force that comes from the Holy Spirit if and when cultivated in you will turn you into another person. It'll turn you into a person almost from another world. The light, the goodness is shining on you. Come on. I believe that's what you guys want. I know that's what I want. Now, I heard it said like this. I said, this, is, this is interesting. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? You see the difference? Are you happy only when you win or do you win because you're happy? You see, that's the difference. The force of joy is that force that comes inside of you that causes you to win. It causes doors to be open. It causes success to chase you down. It causes people to want to ask you, hey, something's working in your life. I I need what you have. You know, my life is a wreck. I I always see the smile on you, and you're always kind, and you're always gentle, and you're always in a good mood. What is it about you? I need that because my life is a wreck. I'm hurting on the inside. I'm telling you right now, I believe we are living in a time when people are going to come out of the woodwork and begin asking you, The contagious believer, I need what you have. Please give it to me. I need what you have. I want it. Please give it to me now. I believe that's the time that we're coming in right now. That's why I'm saying put on your social fatigues. Help me go on the offense because I just believe God has an amazing plan for your life. We're going on the offense. There's a force of joy that can come on us that can change entire situations around. I thought about this. This is so, so funny. I was at the gym. It's kind of an example of what can happen when when joy shows up and how how a situation can change I'm sitting talking to the guys at the gym and, and I'm new I'm the new guy there because I just started going to this place. Jeannie had dropped me off because uh, we were down to a car one car for whatever reason, and so she was going to come back to get me after the workout was over and so I finished my workout early and I was just sitting around the 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 desk area just talking to four or five guys and I was just listening. They were doing the talking and and so and they were just it was one of these complaining parties. Have you ever been a part of a, a complaining party? Just one thing is wrong, this other thing is wrong and you know, my body aches and no, oh, I don't have enough money for this and oh, can you believe you know what the government is doing? It was one of those kind of conversations. And then it started to shift over these guys complaining about their wives. Yeah, my wife doesn't do this, and yeah, my wife doesn't do, doesn't do that. I'm just listening, okay? I'm just not participating. I'm the new guy, I'm just, I'm, I'm like, okay. I'm thinking to myself, how can I turn this around? How, how can I let what's on my life influence this? And so I'm thinking all this stuff, and these guys are just going downtown, and it's going bad to worse. You have been a part of a conversation like that? This guy's talking about his wife, makes him get mad about his wife, this guy. And and so it was just this angry pool of men, just pitiful, pitiful, okay? That's the best way to describe it, okay? And so I'm thinking, how am I gonna fix this, all right? And so right while I'm thinking about how I'm gonna fix this, Jeannie pulls up. And the car, she pulls the car up right in front of the doors, glass doors where everybody could see, right? And so, oh, I said to the guys, oh, my ride's here, and Jeannie does what she always does when she picks me up from someplace. She gets out of the car, and she walks around and gets into the passenger seat so that I can drive. It's just, we, it's just a habit that we've had, you know. It's not a chauvinist thing. You might think so, but whatever the case is, I can't stand her driving. Maybe that's one of the reasons why. So, But but, but at any rate, at any rate, here's what happened. Now, she has no idea. She has no idea about this conversation I'm in, and I'm thinking, how am I going to turn this around, all Right? All I said was, oh, my ride's here, and I pointed to Jeannie. When she got out of the car, now, you know, she's got the little sparkle, but for some reason, she had this little extra sparkle going, okay? And, you know, she just be bopping around her hair all over the place, and she was just smiling, clueless to what was going on inside, clueless, all right? I just, I'm rides here, and they're like, who's that? I'm like, oh, oh, that's my wife. That's your wife? <laughs> that's your wife? You're sitting here, let us talk like that, and that's your wife? Bro, you're really lucky. I'm like, Lex got nothing to do with it. Come on, because I'm contagious. Come on, somebody. But here's what happened. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. Come on, I could just hear you guys right now. Here's what happened. When they saw her, everything changed. When they saw her enter the picture, everything changed. It's a perfect example of what can happen when you understand what's deep on the inside of you, the force of joy, the force of the goodness of God, the force of the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ lives on the inside of us. Listen, whatever negative situation we can find ourselves in, we will bring change to it. There's a force inside of you and the force of joy does this. The force of joy brings change. The force of joy makes you contagious, which is one of the reasons why the devil always attacks your joy. He will always attack things in your life to make you less joyful. I'm here today to tell you, if you tap into the force of joy today and you understand who you are in Jesus Christ, God will begin using you to change situations. Everything changes when the force of joy shows up. Come on, somebody. Everything changes when the joy of the Lord becomes your strength. This is such a powerful principle. Even the Apostle Paul talked about this. Even the Apostle Paul taught this to a church in the the New Testament where there was a rift going on in the church. I want you to see this. Go with me to Philippians chapter 4. I want you to see this for yourself in the scripture so you can see how powerful this force is and how powerful we can become when we allow ourselves to be those contagious believers. Look what Philippians 4 says. It says, verses 2-3, I entreat Iodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. What was happening here? There was a fight. A fight broke out in this church. Now, here's the deal. Listen. This is a massive fight. It has to be because Paul's writing this letter from a thousand miles away. He's in Rome and he hears about this fight that breaks up. It's not a cell phone call. Hey, did you hear what happened in church? It's not a Facebook post. Are you with me? It's some kind of letter message that traveled more than 1,200 miles from Philippi all the way back to Rome to talk about this fight that was going on in the church. It was massive. It, was a, it wasn't just a little hangnail fight. This was a major disagreement between two women. Now, these two women have to be founders of this church. They helped Paul found this church. Very strong, powerful leaders. <laughs> okay, it's one thing when two men go at it, but it's something altogether different when two ladies go at it. Come on, somebody. Men get physical. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Come on, you guys. Men will bump chess and, okay, we're good. Women, it's a completely different story. But that's where you want on your team when you're in a fight. Come on, somebody. <laughs> all right. All right, so these two ladies are going at it. And, and it gets all the way back to Paul in a over 1,200 miles away. And I want you to see the depth of this disagreement, all right? Now watch what Paul says. Yes. Verse 3. I ask you also, true companion, so Paul's imploring somebody in the church, do something about this. I'm asking you, true companion, get in here. Find a way to fix this with these ladies. Help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together, the Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Paul is saying these women are amazing. They started out with me. They helped plant this church, touch this city. They worked so hard and they did it together. Somebody has to help them with this disagreement, all right? And again, it was so huge and so big, it made it all the way back to Paul in Rome, all right? I want you to see this. This is amazing. This is amazing. The, the, the name Yodia, uh, I'm saying that right, means this, prosperous journey. And the name Sentisha means pleasant acquaintance. So here's what I want you to see. Prosperous journey and pleasant acquaintance. They were getting along. Come on, you know, prosperous journey and pleasant acquaintance, those things seem to work together, right? And they were getting along. And all of a sudden, something happened where prosperous journey and pleasant acquaintance stopped getting along. They were at odds. The odds, the, the fight was so big, obviously it made it all about to the Apostle Paul. And here, here's where I think we are prophetically in the church. And I just want to say this. I have never seen a time when the church and church people have been so at odds with each other. So at odds about what they believe. So at odds about the way they think things should go. Listen, tell me if I'm not say, saying something you're not feeling right now, all right? Relationships are being tested right now. All of our relationships are being tested. There's a stirring taking place. And there's a calling taking place right now. And the stirring was taking place in this church too, in the Bible. Pleasant. Uh, uh, acquaintance wasn't getting together again with prosperous journey. There had been a separation. And a lot of you guys, a year ago, a year ago, with other people you might know in the church or your family members or other believers, you used to get along with them and now you don't. And I believe this is not the heart of God. I believe God has a remedy here. The same remedy the Apostle Paul shared here in the Bible is the same one I want to share with you. Look what it says over here in verse 4. Are you ready for this? This is awesome. I never saw it to this degree. Look what it says here, Philippians 4.4. 4. It says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, he repeats himself, I say rejoice in the Lord. He says it twice. This was his remedy to solve this issue. Nowhere in this remedy does he say, hey, the one is right, so get on her side, or the other one is right, fix it. Nowhere in any of this does Paul acknowledge either side, does Paul acknowledge either disagreement, He simply says, his response here to two people that can't get along, two people that are stuck, rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice means this, rediscover your joy. Rediscover the joy of your salvation. Rediscover the joy of why you're a believer. Rediscover the joy of why you got into this in the first place. We have to come to a place We're the joy of the Lord, the force of joy. We allow it to come into us to make us contagious, that whatever difference, whatever disagreement, how whatever opinion somebody else has, it makes no difference. We are one in the Lord. That's the heart of Jesus. That we can be in the joy of the Lord, we can rejoice. And even though I might have opinions one way, and you may have opinions in another way, we can still find common ground because the force of joy is working inside of us. Come on, are you getting this? Can you become the contagious believer that God has called us to be? Yes, all it takes is that we rejoice. We rediscover joy. Rediscover the joy of our salvation, the joy of being a believer, the joy of serving others, the joy of of being a part of something bigger than ourselves. That's what the apostle Paul was saying. Rediscover the joy. Isn't this awesome? It's so simple. When you rediscover the joy and you allow the force of joy to change you, it will change everything around you. Come on, are you getting this? Be contagious. It starts right here. With the joy of the Lord. What is your joy level like? Somebody said, well, my joy is really bad and I want to rediscover joy. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because right now I'm going to show you how to do it and you're going to see that it's so simple and it's easier than we thought. And if you apply some of these principles, I believe you're going to start putting on your social camis, your social fatigues. Come on, somebody. And we're going to become the believers that God has called us to be. All right, I want you to see this here, the how-tos, all right? Turn with me over Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to give you the scripture. I'm going to give you the word of God. And I think that I want to equip you with this so this way you can share this with others, whether you share it there, right through Facebook, or whether you call somebody, whether you learn this for yourself. I just believe this is going to be a life-changing principle I'm about to share with you, all right? All right, watch this. This is so simple. I'm going to get real practical with you right here, okay? Watch this. All right. It says, "And do not get drunk with wine, Ephesians 5:18 verse 21. For that is debauchery. Don't get drunk with wine. The Bible says for that is excess. That's what debauchery means. It'll it will it will make you do things that you will regret, okay? But be filled with the Spirit. Now, he goes on to show us, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the joy of the Lord. Be filled with that joy the Spirit of God brings to you. Like in the day that you first received Christ, be filled that way. When, man, it just seemed like you could take on anything on that day that you received Christ. When it seemed like everything changed, be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled with the joy of the Lord, all right? Now notice what it says here. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's the first thing. The second thing, giving thanks always for the Lord to God God the Father and in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the third thing, submitting one to another out of reverence for Christ. So you see three things here. Singing, giving thanks, and submitting one to another. Here's how we reactivate the joy of the Lord in our life. Singing giving thanks, and submitting one to another. All right? Now, this is so interesting. I believe the Holy Spirit puts things in the Bible and the Word of God for a reason and and, and to draw a comparison here, okay? Because now notice, this whole section of Scripture starts off by saying, don't be drunk with wine. Don't be drunk with wine. He's drawing a comparison. I'm not drawing the comparison. Paul draws the comparison, okay, about a drunk person in the natural And actually, a person that's drunk in the spirit or drunk with the Holy Spirit, drunk with the joy of the Lord, all right? He draws this comparison. So you correct me if I'm right or wrong here, okay? A drunk person, somebody that's intoxicated, that's what the word means, to be intoxicated. A drunk person who's intoxicated on drink, okay? What is one of the characteristics that they always do? They're always singing. They're always singing a song. And some of you remember back in the old party days. Remember how you used to sing songs all the time, right? I mean, being in that gym. I mean, usually I have my headphones, and 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 I remember this one day uh, uh, I, I forgot the headphones, and so there's a these guys are like '80s guys. They love '80s music, and so I was in, I was just you know doing my workout and then listening to all the '80s music, and I, and I was thinking to myself. You know, back in the day before Jesus, okay, the songs we used to sing, the songs where we used to sing when we were always a little intoxicated. All right, listen, this one. Uh, what was the one? Um, I'm on the highway to hell. How many remember that song? All right, I'm in the gym and this song's cranking. Up. I'm on the high, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to be on the highway to hell. But I gotta tell you what, man. When you don't know any better, when you're intoxicated, the way hell, you know what I'm talking about. OK, you get intoxicated and you start singing things like you would never want to sing. All right. Come on. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Don't break my heart, my icky, breaky heart. I don't want a broken heart. Do you? All right. Here's another one. Um, running with the devil. Oh, my God. I don't want to be running with the devil. OK, I, I ran with the devil back in high school. I don't need to be running with the devil right now. OK, so what happens, you notice a drunk person, they're just always singing. Oh, he's got some weird melody on their heart, okay? Listen, and the, the scripture tells us, sing a different way, sing a different song, okay? Sing something that's edifying, sing something that's gonna bless the Lord. And listen, I'm not saying don't listen to music. That's not what I'm saying, okay? Because there's there's good stuff out there that, that, that's okay to listen to but if you're listening to stuff that's bringing you down if you're listening to stuff that's, that's about selfishness, that's about hurting other people, that's not about uh, you know being right okay I'm gonna tell you then you got to wonder why our joy level might be attacked right now but you just start singing different kind of I'm gonna challenge you guys start singing something different Songs to the Lord why worship is so important why singing songs about Jesus? singing songs about the Word of God, singing songs about His deliverance, His goodness, His kindness. Come on. And I want to challenge you. Maybe right now in this season, in this season, just for a little period of time here, maybe you separate yourself from some of that other stuff and put on some of this other type of singing. Watch what God will do. It's one of the things I admire about about Jeannie. I mean, she just... She's always humming something, always humming like a worship song, always humming something. And it's not weird. It's not flaky, okay? But there's just something about it that keeps your joy level intact. The scripture says right here, to be filled with joy, you got to start seeing some different things, all right? You know what another, another characteristic of a drunk person? You ever notice this? A drunk person, a really sloshed person, okay? They just thank you for everything. Thank you. Thank you for opening this door. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you for just, oh, thank you for driving right. Thank you for smiling at me. Okay. A slosh person thanks you for everything. Okay. He makes this comparison here. He makes a comparison. I don't make the comparison. But to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the joy of the Lord, maybe there's a challenge about our thankfulness. Where are we with our thankfulness, right? Are we so focused on what we don't have that we're losing sight on what we do have? Are we so focused how an expectation hasn't been met? And so we're allowing ourselves to be robbed of all the beautiful things that are around us? I hate the fact that we aren't getting together yet. And that, that's changing, I'm telling you. But you know, I'm thankful that we at least get to do this. I'm thankful for all of you who have a heart to want to be a part of a revolution. I'm thankful for this wonderful crew of people here that that put up with me and my weirdness. Come on, I am so thankful for a lot of you who just put up with us. I'm so thankful for my children. I'm so thankful for my marriage. I'm so thankful for the roof over my head. I'm so thankful that I get to eat. I get, to hit, I, I, I get to breathe air. I'm so thankful for the freedom I do have. I know a lot of you just said, well, you know, our freedoms are being robbed. I get it. I'm with you. But be thankful for the freedoms you still have. Be thankful that you can still make a change, that you still have the ability to make a difference. I'm challenging our thankfulness. All right. Here's the next thing a drunk person does. You know when they're sloshed, when they're when they're over the edge, okay? When they've had one too many, all right? All right, here's the next thing that happens. They just love to party with each other. Drunk people love drunk people, all right? Drunk people love to hang out with drunk people. They could be on complete different ends of the spectrum of their political belief, economic belief, even religious beliefs. But man, when they get drunk, they don't care, why? Drunk people like to be together. Come on, somebody, and don't be sitting there just looking at me like you're all religious and all that, and like this hasn't been you a time or two in your life, all right? Drunk people love drunk people, and watch it. You just watch them, how they just all hang out. I love you. They just. Throw their arm around another drunk person. Don't know him from Adam. I love you. I love. Can I buy you a drink? Okay, it's the way it goes. What would that be like in the church? What would it be like as Christians, as contagious Christians, if we could submit one to another? If we could set our differences aside? If we could set the hurt and and all of the other junk that we allow in our lives, our opinions? If we would just set them aside. And just appreciate each other for what we bring to the table. Just submit one to another. Be okay one with another. Me not trying to change you. And you not trying to change me. But just being okay with each other. And letting Jesus do the changing. Mm, I, I said a mouthful right now. I think we spend so much time trying to change each other. Listen, I know a lot of you listening, you know that doesn't work. You know that doesn't work. That ship has sailed. I think it's just time to let Jesus do the changing. We need to stop being the Lord of other people's lives. And we need to just start serving the Lord of our lives and let him bring the changes into our life. Come on, do you receive that, guys? Be drunk, singing different songs, being thankful, submitting one to another. Finally, this last thought that Jesus left us with here, I hope you're getting something out of this. I hope you're letting the force of joy attack you, turn you into the contagious believer that you've called to be. Jesus said something in Luke chapter 10. He sends out 72 men to go do ministry. And these 72 men come back changed, amazed. He anoints them and the power they flow in, the purpose they start walking in, their ministries were being successful. It was such a powerful experience. And I want you to see how Jesus addresses this. Look at this in Luke chapter 10 and verse 17. It says, the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, Even the demons are subject to us in your name. See, these 72 didn't know that they could cast out demons before. And maybe some of them tried and they were unsuccessful. But now, anointed by Jesus and being released by Jesus, they're coming back saying, Wow, even demons submit to us now in your name, Jesus. This is amazing. How many of you would say the same thing? This is incredible. I lay my hands on someone and they're raised from the dead. I'm laying my hands on somebody's full of drugs and they're, they're being free of their addiction just like that. This would be so cool. And by the way, I believe those days are coming back. I believe that's why I'm on this, this, this vein right here about becoming a contagious Christian and putting on your social fatigues. I believe these days are coming to us. I really do. I believe this is part of what God is up to and he's preparing us right now. But I want you to see what Jesus says here. They say, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus says to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I know you think it's cool to cast out demons, but I cast out the demon of demons, is what Jesus is saying. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you, and I'm declaring to you today that if you want to become a contagious believer and you want to walk in this promise right here I believe we're going to see this even this year. I believe we're going to begin seeing things that we've never seen before in our Christian walk. I believe it. It starts right here though. Understand this force of joy. Understanding this force of joy cuz now notice Jesus says Jesus says I, I know you guys cast out demons but I cast out the demon of demons and I'm giving you authority I'm equipping you. I'm empowering you. I'm giving you the ability to walk in purpose. I'm giving you the ability to walk in destiny. I'm giving you the ability to walk in prosperity, to walk in success, to walk in freedom, to walk in joy. That's what he's saying right now. I'm giving you the ability to do some amazing things. Well, guys, listen. Listen, he goes on to say, I don't want your happiness based on this. I don't want your joy based on this. Look what he says here. I want your joy based on this. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice. Rediscover. Rediscover your joy. Rediscover your joy in this, that your name is written in heaven. This is what he's saying, don't rejoice because you're walking in purpose. Don't be happy because you're doing successful things. Be happy because your name is in the book. Your name is secured in heaven. What does this mean when it says your name is in heaven? It means that you become a child of God you have eternal life now eternal life is not something that happens to you when you get to heaven eternal life is something that happens right now this is what Jesus is saying rejoice in this Rejoice in this. Rejoice that your name is in heaven. Rejoice that you're a child of God. Rejoice that now God sees you different. You have a citizenship that's in heaven. Rejoice in that. Rejoice in this, that you are now his beloved, that he loves you with an unchanging love, a love that can't change, a love that can't be wiped away, a love that will never go away. Rejoice in that. Rejoice in the fact that you're accepted, that there's nothing that you can do ever to be rejected by his love. Nothing, nothing, the scripture tells us clear and plain that nothing can separate us from the love that God has for us. We separate ourselves because of our stupid thinking. We separate ourselves because of our religious thinking, but nothing, nothing can separate us from the love that God has for us. That's what he was saying, rejoice in that. Rejoice in this, rejoice in the fact that you're accepted. Rejoice in the fact that your sin And your lawless deeds, he remembers no more. That past of yours, it's erased. That crazy situation that you're in right now, he still loves you in the middle of it. Even the stuff that you're going to fall into in the future, because we're all going to fall into stuff in the future, he still loves you through this. And maybe you've never heard this before. This is the reason why Jesus said, Rejoice. Rediscover joy. Let his joy be the force that's more important to you than even purpose. That the force of joy is even more important than prosperity. That the force of joy is even more important than finding the person of your dreams. Finding the person of your dreams is important, and I want you to find the person of your dreams. I want everyone to experience what I've experienced. But Jesus is saying, that's not where you're going to find happiness in. If I put all my happiness into my relationship with Jeannie, I'm setting myself up for a fail and a fall. My happiness and my force of joy is in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the God of my salvation. Maybe you're listening today. You've never heard anything I've just said. Your first step is rejoicing, is rediscovering the joy that only God can give you. Any other joy, any other happiness is a counterfeit. It's fake. You heard the term fake news? It's fake joy when we think that we can be happy outside of Jesus. When we think that we can experience true life and true living outside of Jesus. I'll never forget A woman I met who had lost her son in a tragic automobile accident. Tragic. You know, it's not the natural order of things where a parent has to bury a child. It's supposed to go the other way around. The child is supposed to bury the parent because that's the progression. Are you with me? A parent, a child burying a parent is just as difficult, right? I don't ever look forward to that. In Jesus' name, okay? But I know a lot of you have, and it's difficult. But it's even more difficult when a loving parent has to bury their child to a destructive accident or maybe a destructive habit. That's even worse. I asked this woman, I said, I don't even know how to relate to your loss. I just want you to know that I'm in your corner. I'm going to support you in any way that we can. But I said, but please tell me, how are you getting through this? And I'll never forget what that woman said. She said, she said, Dino, she said, I'm rejoicing. I'm rediscovering the joy in this. That one day I'm going to be reunited with my son. And that one day I'm going to spend eternity with my heavenly father who has comforted me, who has walked me through this miserable process that I don't wish anyone would walk through. I was so touched. And I realized all the money in the world couldn't bring her son back. All the likes on Facebook could never bring that son back. All the success we could ever think that we would want in life could never bring her son back, but yet, She found something. She was more rich than anybody in my circle because she had the joy of the Lord, the force of joy carrying her through that situation. You may not know this force, but it's available to you. It starts first by saying, I'm gonna put my faith and my trust in this Jesus. Heard about him, like maybe me, but you haven't really understood the reality of it. All my life, sitting in that Sunday school store, Sunday school room, hearing stories about Jesus, seeing him religiously, seeing him as some famous person, right? Never understanding that I can invite him into my heart. Never understanding that he would come live inside of me and help me live successful while I am still here on the earth. And then giving me the assurance that one day when I close my eyes on this earth, I will breathe my last breath and I will be with him in eternity forever. Maybe you don't know that Jesus and I want to invite you to know him. I want you, if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ to pray the simple prayer with me. and Just believe that whatever you're going through, whatever situation you're in right now, I believe Jesus really is the answer. Would you just pray with me right now where you're at, by your head? And pray a simple prayer just like this. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I need you. I need a change. Would you come in and change my heart? I believe that you're real. I believe that you're the Son of God. You died for my sins. You were raised from the dead to pay for my sins. I take you right now as my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hopefully this message was encouraging to you. And if it was, tell a friend. And thank you for your generosity. Your generosity enables us to take the message of God's unchanging love all around the world. For more information on how to give and about the ministry, visit us at therevolutionchurch.com. We'll see you right back here next week.